0: And with everything I went through when I just got sick, I didn't give a shit about that. I cared about walking. I cared about breathing. I cared about eating. I cared about being able to laugh and hug people. I'm not fucking around. I'm not being dramatic. I'm not being romantic. I genuinely, I tell people this, anyone I can speak to, you will not give a fuck about any of that shit when when you are really staring at death.
1: Welcome back, or welcome to the Finding Mastery podcast. I'm Michael Gervais, and by trade and training, I am a sport and performance psychologist, honored to work with some of the most extraordinary thinkers and doers across the planet. And the whole idea behind this podcast, behind these conversations, is to learn from people, to pull back the curtain, to understand their psychology, to explore how the extraordinaries have committed to mastering both their craft and their minds. Our minds are our greatest asset. And if you want to learn more about how you can train your mind, this is just a quick little reminder to check out our online psychological training course where we've pulled together the best practices to meet that unique intersection of the psychology of high performance and the psychology of well-being. And we'll talk you through and walk you through 16 essential principles and skills for you to train your mind in the same way that we train world-class athletes. And you can find all of this at findingmastery.net forward slash course. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Bub's Naturals. Like you, I am mindful about what I put into my body. So for me, it usually comes down to ingredients and simplicity. The shorter the list, the better. And that's why I've been loving Bub's Naturals. Bub's creates products with high quality, all natural ingredients that are designed to help us get after the adventures in life. For years, I've been a huge fan of their hydrate or Die electrolyte mix. I mean, that's a fun title for a product, isn't it? It only has six total ingredients. It's packed with electrolytes. I love the taste. No added sugar, no artificial flavors, none of that stuff. It's great for post-workout recovery. That's when I use it. And I also use it during long periods of travel, which I've been doing a lot lately. And so thank you for the hydration here. And a ton of athletes that I know swear by them too. They're currently in just about every MLB locker room. They work closely with the Red Sox, the Yankees, I know the Rangers, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, and, and many more, of course. I'd love for you to go check them out. I think they're doing a really nice job. Just head to bubsnaturals.com slash findingmastery and enter the code findingmastery at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's bubsnaturals, B-U-B-S naturals, B-U-B-S, naturals slash Finding Mastery with the code Finding Mastery for 20% off your first purchase. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Hims. Hims is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-informed treatments for erectile dysfunction, ED, hair loss, weight loss, and more. Health struggles like ED are common, but they can be hard to talk about when it comes to finding a solution. That's why Hims has been a game changer for so many men. The entire process is 100% online. And if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. Plus, you can manage your plan directly on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. So if your loved one has been struggling with ED, I really want to encourage you to go check out Hims, And I know ED often has a psychological component as well. So be sure that you're stacking some psychological best practices into your daily routine as well. Start your free online visit today at hymnscom slash Finding Mastery. That's hymns H-I-M-S dot com slash Finding Mastery for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash Finding Mastery. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See himscom slash EOF for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Now, this week's conversation, it's special, it is heavy, it is rich, it will change you. It's a two-parter. It's recorded on two separate occasions, about a year apart. And it's with Corey Coopersmith, and he's known professionally as Punk the Bunny. He's a singer, songwriter, and a producer. And he was born and raised in New York. Corey was a competitive grappler and MMA, mixed martial art fighter, prior to embarking on his journey with music. For some background, I worked professionally with Corey. It was over a decade ago. During his MMA days. And I can flat out attest that while he might not be doing it professionally anymore, he is a fighter in the truest sense of the word. That's just who he is, it's how he's built. And in March of 2020, Corey was hit with COVID 19 and it left him with chronic symptoms for over a year. So part one of this episode was recorded in January of 2021. And at that point, he had been suffering with symptoms from what people are referring to as long-haul COVID for about 11 months already, or so we had thought. Okay, so even after we recorded part one, Corey kept getting sicker and sicker and his medical team couldn't quite figure out why. We reconnected during this time, and then I connected him with one of our former guests on the podcast, Dr. Fagenbaum. And as a quick reminder, He's credited as being a disease hunter as a groundbreaking practitioner and scientist as an immunologist and he's out of the university of pennsylvania so those two connected and then in part two of this conversation when core and i reconnect whew, his journey is this unbelievable i don't want to say too much right now and kind of spoil his amazing story but he is a fighter he has a fighter's mindset a fighter's heart a fighter's spirit And his insights, they shine through. And in this conversation, he cried, I cried, we laughed. You know, there was frustration involved. Like there was a range of emotions. And I want to encourage you to listen, to feel, to imagine. If you haven't experienced something like this, to imagine what it would be like to put yourself into his shoes. I'm so honored to introduce Corey to you. And my hope is that you will feel moved to take action with the relationships in your life, to take action with the relationship with your health, and maybe to take action to support Corey in unique ways. With that, let's jump right into this week's conversation with Corey Coopersmith. Corey, how are you?
0: Uh, I've been better, uh, that's for sure. Um, I definitely got my energy better than it was probably even a month ago. I did some... um, experimental treatments that, uh, I don't know what they did or didn't do, but the energy got better. I couldn't have had this conversation with you even a month ago.
1: How long have you had COVID?
0: So, so I got, uh, we don't really know. It's weird. So, cause when you look back, um, I don't, we don't know if I got hit with two different things at once. We don't really know. Cause I, l- luckily I get blood work done all the time because I'm really analytical, and um, uh, we in February, things were off, but it was really weird. I was catching, like, neurological symptoms, and, like, my ears were ringing, and uh, I felt kind of funny, and I kept being like, man, I don't feel right, and had very strange symptoms that didn't seem like what they were saying COVID was, which was, like, the flu at the time, and it didn't seem like anything else. And uh, I went and ran a couple of labs early and everything was kind of normal. So I was like, oh, whatever. And I pushed through and I was kind of getting, I would catch little fevers towards the end of February. Like I, my body temperatures go to a hundred and I was like, what?
1: At that point you were as fit as you've ever been.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was actually really fit. What's weird is I, I had slacked off the year before. I got so deep with music which is so cerebral. And, and I'd spend, you know, 12 hours, 13 hours, just production and working and I'd get obsessive. And I actually, I was never unhealthy, but I was not this fitness person.
1: Okay. Because, because prior to that, just paint the picture a little bit is that
0: my whole life was fitness and fighting and, and uh, health. I mean, I, I, that's my whole life was that. And, and uh, I've always gotten away with it like because of being fit. And that's a whole nother thing we'll go into where going through this, I realized it's a mistake to think that healthy is the same as fit. And I think that that's a mistake I made. And I got away with a lot of shit because I was fit, you know? So yeah, I had like abs and I could go run six miles but like I didn't sleep great all the time. I pushed all the time. I, my whole life. That's what I learned. Like, Look, I know people that got COVID who are 65 with diabetes and smokers and they're fine. So there's other variables, I think, that we just don't fucking know about. We just don't know. And I, I've been working with all the top people. And no one knows. There's got to be some genetic component. There's got to be something else, but... I can only speak for myself looking back, regardless of what caused what I, yes, I was always fit. I was always fit. I don't know if I was healthy. I don't know if my mind was always healthy. You know, I've been through a lot of trauma in my life. I don't know if I slept well. I I don't know if like, like now I have blue blocking glasses and I time my circadian rhythm perfectly. And I make sure I wake up at, get sun in my eyes immediately i don't get any blue light after eight you know after getting sick i went deep i never did this shit before getting this sick i never yeah yeah sorry. okay
1: yeah and when i use fit i'm glad you're course correcting to say healthy that you are fit because you were um one percent in the fight world and one percent in the wrestling world and jujitsu and you know yeah. so you are you are fit and you're saying
0: yeah i'm
1: not sure i'm not sure i was healthy
0: I'm not sure I was healthy. I had like some gut issues that I didn't ever address. Okay. I had mm-hmm. like weird things that I knew to like, I could get away with and like push through.
1: And we should probably do like the full story of how we met and all that. Yeah. Um, To set the context because I got a a random DM from you and yeah. it was from, what is your handle? Punk the bunny?
0: Punk the bunny. Yeah. 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 I was like, it's what, not- what?
1: I looked at, it, I was like, and it was like, dude, I haven't seen you for so long. And I'm like, looking at the picture, I go, God, I recognize you. And then I look at, and then I said, punk, the bunny, <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> punk the bunny, right. Yeah. And this, this is your music, um, yes. handle yeah, 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 if you yeah. will.
0: production and, and artist. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I made a huge, I chose a different way to play. I, I got to a place where, um, you know, being a fighter and training all the time was everything like it was a drug it was validation you know it was everything and in good ways and in bad ways um it was everything
1: your entire identity was wrapped up in it
0: was you're a fighter you know you could i could be anywhere and it was like someone would be like oh you're a fight. it's like just even if they didn't recognize you just the way you're built the way you carried yourself there was like this whole character that you create this whole identity and the way you walked and everything, and um,
1: but you were also highly skilled. You were you highly. Were, you were one of the um, kind of prodigies for a legend, right?
0: That, that yeah, that never made it, and I, I and it's really something I had to deal with. Where always something, you know, there's other pieces beyond that that play into how well you do or what happens with your story and for me um my body like injuries and uh and mental stuff and trauma stuff constant sabotaging weird things um just things didn't work out and it was to your point you have these top coaches even when i was in vegas when i moved to vegas and i'm at drysdale's and i'm at couture's and the top guys are like He should, he should be in the UFC like when you're in the gym and then every time you're like, I shouldn't, I I gotta hang this up my body, but then you, you go train and you're just like, I'm just going to train and then you're training and they're like, why aren't you, why aren't you fighting? Like you're mopping dudes that are in the, you're, you're, you're literally highly competing and then your ego gets the stroke and then you're like, all right, I'm back. And then you jump back in and then you get hurt again or whatever happens again. And it was this vicious cycle I was in for literally years.
1: What was happening underneath the surface though? Cause you had the physical, technical talent, and then in training you were great.
0: Great. The, the like, greats like, were recognizing that dude.
1: you should be, you know, what A you're in the one percenters of the one percenters. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, yeah. and then what was the the inner narrative that was getting in the way? Cause this is my same story, by the way. This is exactly why I got into this field.
0: Um, well, there's two pieces I would say, um, and, I, and I and probably can unpack it more. But um, I'd say prob- probably the two main things was uh, just a pattern of self sabotage that was just there, that was probably there from young, of taught of like oh when things are right about to be good, take it away.
1: Why would you do that? Why would somebody? Why would you do that?
0: Probably, the, uh, likely the feeling of uh two pieces probably one um not thinking you're deserved like a self-worth issue and then i i would say i huge that's a huge piece and then two back to uh, what we were talking about before we jumped on uh being being afraid you're phony like having some you know i think getting hyped up a lot at a young age you start there's almost like a pressure and you almost are like I don't want to find out I'm not this really dope, uh, you know, you, you, this thing. And, uh, I think it was probably some of that. I think it was some fear, you know, when you're in the gym, it's different. And not that I didn't love competing, but, uh, I think it's different. And I think that, uh, I think you can show up and you want to show up and you can, you know, like, it's different. And I, I think that uh, there's a huge mental piece to that that I went through literally for seven, eight years.
1: The idea that you can't outperform your self worth is a real idea. And so if you don't value who you are or don't know your inherent worth or even what is possible for you and believe that that is possible for you, you can't outperform it. And you might uh, get lucky. You might, get, you might get a victory here and there, but then what happens after that is it's not sustainable because the, the floor is so low that to touch the ceiling was actually like, oh my God, it happened. Now, when people touch the ceiling, maybe sometimes they go, oh, there's another ceiling. You know, and, and you do get that flywheel effect, but the essence is you cannot outperform your self-worth. And if there is a component there um, of the imposter syndrome, that's also with it. Yeah. Both of those together are, you know, they're like cousins, but both of I, those together becomes a bit overwhelming for sure. And you know it, you know it firsthand. And, and guess I, what? Uh, most people that I know that are on the world stage wrestle with one or two of those together. Both of them, it makes it really hard as you know. Yeah.
0: Really hard. And, and the fact is, is it was always like that.
1: Do you want to fill people in? Because you and I have a, a history. Do you want to fill yeah. people in on that piece, that part yeah, of it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Just yeah, to, yeah. To, to
1: kind of close the loop yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. and listen, you're the first person, okay? Just be, I want to be super clear. You're the first person that I've had on here that I've actually materially done work with. But that work was how long ago?
0: Oh my God, let's like 13 years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah right. And yeah. so it feels like a lifetime has changed. And yeah. When yeah. you reached out to me on uh, social media the other day, I was like, yeah. And so we're just texting back and forth. I was like, oh my God, you've got like, you've got this amazing story that I want to capture and put it here if yeah. you're into it.
0: Yeah, no, no, I'm, I am. I, I, I am. I'm beyond into it. I, uh, It was everything to me for you to offer that and to, to uh, come on here because um, going through what I've gone through, I, I felt, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Like if you looked at my blood work right now, no one knows what, it doesn't look good. As much as I look like maybe I'm semi-healthy right now, maybe, even though I've lost like 20 pounds, um, my blood work looks like I'm truth, like not to be morbid, but like I'm slowly dying. It's not good. I got low T cells, almost no B cells, which are how you make antibodies. They don't know why I have really high inflammatory markers that are like scary high and they don't know why. Um, and it's only getting worse, not better since COVID. So being able to come on here and at least tell my story, my whole story, and this story, because there's no one trying to solve this harder than I am. And it would make sense when you know my whole story, why I'm obsessively trying to figure this out and fight and survive.
1: Mm, my hair, my hair's standing up. Yeah. You've been doing that your whole
0: life, my whole life, my whole life. When I, met, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when I met you yeah yeah so when I met you I had just moved out to California from New York I was you know training under Henzo Gracie and um, won a bunch of like amateur fights and grappling tournaments. I had just taken second or third in the world in no gi and um, Sean Williams was like come out to LA and I was basically making a decision to fight professionally and that was like it. I was just fighting no working, no nothing. And, uh, I, through Vladimir Matyshenko got sent, you know, got hooked up with velocity, which was a training center for a lot of pro athletes and stuff and got connected with you. And, um, and I mean, it, the work that I did with you changed my life to where everything I've gone through, including, uh, this, that I'm going through so many things of the work you made me do. Uh, i use and and i think of they like i mean like are embedded and it wasn't just stuff you said um it was stuff you got me to say at an age you know i was like 20 uh, at an age where i didn't know that that was there you know all this ego and all and all this stuff, and I didn't know. And and you were the first guy, like, cry. You know, you got me to really cry. I mean, like, snot nose cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> heavy shit, and acknowledge that, you know, I was afraid of being a phony. I'll never forget it. That was, like, I mean, it was, in a nutshell, my biggest issue I've always had, probably. And uh, you got, like, whatever work we were doing, it, like, was like an exorcism. I'll never forget it. Oh,
2: it very poured, cool, man. Yeah,
0: poured out of me.
1: Finding Mastery is brought to you by Apollo Neuro. I am really excited about what Apollo Neuro is building. If you haven't had the chance yet, I highly recommend that you go check out the conversation I had with our co-founder, Dr. David Rabin, on the podcast. It is well worth a listen. Unlike traditional wearables that simply track your biometrics, Apollo is doing it totally differently. Apollo Neuro is designed to actively improve your health by enhancing sleep, relaxation, energy, and focus. So how's it work? Developed by neuroscientists and physicians, Apollo delivers these soothing little vibrations, they call them Apollo vibes, that are like music your body can feel. More rapid vibrations help to improve your energy and focus, while the slower vibrations help to promote rest, and digest in your body. And the best part for me, they're grounded in good science. Apollo has been tested by thousands of users in clinical and real world trials. I would love for you to give it a go. It's making a meaningful difference in my life. And because you're listening to this podcast, you can receive an exclusive 15% off an Apollo wearable. Just head to apolloneuro.com dot com slash finding mastery and use the code finding mastery at checkout. This is an exclusive offer. It's only for us here at Finding Mastery. So be sure to use the code at checkout. Again, that's Apollo A P O L L O, Apollo Neuro, N-E-U-R-O, ApolonEuro.com slash finding mastery, or use the code finding mastery at checkout for 15% off your purchase. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Cured. If there's one big rock to get into the container when it comes to dialing in your wellness, one thing that stands out among the rest is sleep. Whether it be improved physical health, mental health, performance, creativity, quality sleep is the gift that keeps on giving. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with the science that supports that. And if you're struggling with sleep or you just wanna dial it in a bit further, Cured's Zen Formula just might be a great solution for you. Zen is a nootropic that is formulated by Cure's very own in-house clinical herbalist. And it contains a blend of reishi mushroom, ashwagandha, chamomile, passionflower, and broad spectrum CBD. That is a powerhouse combination. Zen could be a great little addition to your bedtime routine. They recommend taking it about 45 minutes before hopping into bed to let the reishi and ashwagandha and chamomile and the CBD do their thing. So right now, because you're listening to this podcast, Cured is hooking you up with a great offer. You can try Zen for 20% off when you visit curednutrition.com slash finding mastery, and you use the code finding mastery at checkout. That's cured, C-U-R-E-D, curednutrition.com slash finding mastery, and enter the code finding mastery at checkout to save 20%. I think part of that work is it requires incredible um, vulnerability slash courage for somebody to say the truth, to even um, orbit the truth requires some vulnerability and risk. And then to actually kind of sit in the soup of it and then to put words while you're feeling it in it. So me included. Um, And I could see that with you. I remember it clearly because that was, that's my issue too. You know, and so I rest, I grappled with, it. I don't know if you knew that at the time, cause I don't do a lot of, I don't didn't. Or, I don't do self-disclosure, you know, yeah, like, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. you know,
1: it's because it's about you. And so, right. I, but didn't I could, know that. yeah, I could see it and I could feel it. And I was like, Oh, he's, and then come to find out Corey is like, this is called 13, 15 years ago. The best of the best that I spend a lot of time with same issue. I would wow. not have known it. I would not have known it. Wow. If I could wow. record, which obviously can't because of, you know all the yeah. the confidentiality stuff, like these beautiful conversations with beautiful people like yourself that w- that are really working at, at a deep level, and also mechanically want to do the mental skill stuff like at the surface. You, I think that people. This is why I started this podcast too, is to say because we've had extraordinaries on, and I can't tell you the amount of them say, "Oh yeah, the imposter sim, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. welcome to the club.
1: Yeah. yeah and you know? what's
0: funny is the first day i met you i i mean dude it's like and i've got crazy like weird dementia stuff going on where half the time i can't remember where i put anything after COVID Be- because of code mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's that mm-hmm. yeah, the brain fog stuff is really gnarly but man mm. these things they're so deep the first day i met you i was in an office at velocity i'll never forget this and i started telling you my story, like something
1: Oh, hold on. I'm so nervous right now. I am so nervous <laughs> right now.
2: Yeah. Okay. I
0: started telling you uh, about when I, I, I got stuck up when I was 14, I got stuck up at gunpoint. I was involved in, in some stupid shit. I was a young kid, didn't, didn't live in a good place. And I was telling you about it and you totally like, this was like the first of the work. It's right. You called me out on how detached I was. From what I was saying about the story, like you, you were your whole the whole thing of the work. That it's funny because you've created a monster. Because I do this to people now when I feel that they're not being genuine. (laughs) (laughs) The depth to which I had to dig in to those authenticities of like, well, what do you really feel? You know, I had gotten used to telling the story so much in this like very detached, protective way just shit like that. I'll never forget oh, like all God. those moments of those things and you like that work. I never even knew what that work was before I met you, you know? So anyway, yeah. I, mm. I, uh,
1: what, what was, I, let's, let's go right before that. Yeah. What attracted you to do the work? Because I think a lot of people in that are hungry to <laughs> know that they've got more inside of them. They're, they've got the this thirst or this hunger that I know there's more, I mean, I'm craving it. Mm-hmm. And I say that with, um, a deep wink to a Buddhist idea, which is like the craving is actually part of the sickness. So I, I mm-hmm. don't want to speak out of both sides, but this of mm-hmm. my mouth, I guess I should say, I should finish the thought, but you, you wanted more, you wanted to unlock, you, you knew there was yeah. more inside you. And a lot of people think the same thing. And then um, for whatever reasons, don't take the extra step. And then when they're actually those that do don't take the extra step inside of the work when yeah. you did both. So maybe you could illuminate why you wanted to do the work and then why you actually went deep into the work. Uh, and cause I, I think people are going to resonate with this.
0: Yeah, I think I can, I can, I can tell you three, three things that thought about that a lot. And i would say uh and tell me what you think of this but i, I think some piece of it is is know if you hear my dog snoring um <laughs> so one piece of it is uh is programming i think that i got taught um at a young age to uh do work with coaches like i think sports and um i had a mother um, as uh, you know, there's like the song Pink Floyd song "Mother," and there's some issues with that. We, we all pink...
1: we all had a mother, right. okay? So. Right, <laughs>
0: right. But I will, to her credit, to this day, to what's getting me to survive through what I'm going through. No matter how poor we were, she didn't want me to know it, and she and my father, but my my mother heavily, but both of them to a degree. I had to have the best teacher. I had to have the best coach. Like they taught, because my whole life, I, I sought it out. Like as I got older, I was like John, John Donahar. Everyone knows who John Donahar is. He's one of the greatest jujitsu coaches in mind in the world. He was my coach, but he wasn't my coach by luck. I mean, maybe on some, I sought him out. He, there was five teachers, six teachers at Henzo's.
1: How okay? Because you're still doing and that now with COVID. Still doing.
0: It. I I DM'd you again yeah, for again. help. Like I knew. Yeah. I know. I my mother. I think my childhood taught me. This is one one piece. I think taught me that 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 programming taught me to always look for the the best like teacher or coach. I got, oh
1: my hair standing up again. Summarize all of the times your mom had said something potent towards this, this axiom, but if you were to summarize it in a sentence or two, what, what was that general consistent message?
0: Like that you, if you're gonna, like, if you're gonna do something, it should be the best with the best and of the, like, if you're gonna do it, it was always that it was like, well, if you're gonna, like, and when I was in third grade, I'll give you an example for whatever reason, personality, I don't know, you know, everyone's in band when you're a kid. You take band in in school, and if you're kind of like a knockaround kid, you get put in percussion. It's just like if you're a bad kid, they just you didn't, didn't waste for time with you. You held a fucking a cymbal or a
1: somewhere Travis Barker just, is laughing right now. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. so you got put in percussion. They didn't mm-hmm. give it. And my best friend Corey, his name's Corey too, was playing saxophone, and I did not like that. I why aren't I playing saxophone? i wanted to play saxophone i didn't want to be you know i was like what and my mother got me the best teacher this girl in high school who's this like prodigy to teach me lessons and no one had gotten lessons where i was living then everyone was getting lessons from her but she she's like you you want to play saxophone okay That's you're going to take lessons I ended up being the best. I ended up being first chair, jazz, all that shit. Like, but there was something I think ingrained in me to do that. To that's
2: such that. a
1: gift because, so the message was, if you're going to do it, do it right, you know, and, you know, do it with the best towards being the best. And I'm not sure if it was the best or your best. I want to hit that in a moment, but, but then your mom actually backed it up. So, it, and Completely. that's what you, that's what you have done in your work. Like you're backing, you back Always. it up. You back it yeah. always okay. and
0: like when i met you when like philosophy there was like these you can feel it there's yeah. something you learn you can you learn to um this st- it's a important i think it's one of the most important things you could teach a kid that a lot of kids don't learn i meet people all the time how to seek out proper teachers prop like how to go get it how to go get the information how to go i'm doing it now with doctors and with researchers and it's something i know how to do That's all that other people don't because i'm on a you know i'm on a support group of thousands and thousands of people like me post COVID, who are who are lost who are going to their gp who's offering them antibiotics and steroids and who don't know how to and and, and it, to me, it's almost sometimes I lose empathy because I don't realize, oh shit, like I'm very lucky that I have this skill. Not everyone has it.
1: Mm. So can can you open that up a little bit? Like, what are some of the ways that you can spot or sense somebody who is going to be able to help, or somebody who is like maybe just kind of uh, putting it on autopilot, or mm-hmm. they're Which just are most faking people. it? Yeah, yeah or yeah, they're yeah, yeah. faking, it?
2: faking
1: yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Ooh, that's a really good cool question. I think it's so, uh, intuitive, like a, so a feel, mm-hmm. but uh, a little bit of it is, is uh, bet hedging. What I, one of the things I'll do, a, you can see it, you can kind of see it. You can do, you kind of got our, so like at Henzo's right. When I was at Henzo's, all the guys are, every teacher there was great. Do we all see who John Donaher is now? When I started training with John, he was not the guy. He was, but he was not the guy he is now. He was like a secret. He was like Henzo's best kept. Seat. He was a secret. Like mm-hmm. no one knew this guy was this super brain of jujitsu. What, what did
1: you see? And people that don't know jujitsu, these names are not relevant. But if you're in the right. in the in the MMA world, you go, oh Henzo, and oh he, you know, and, and John.
0: I mean, John is the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my grandfather. When I was, am good. You're bringing things up that are making me connected deeper. It goes beyond my beyond my mother, my grandfather, uh, rest in peace, was a hero of mine. He kind of raised me and um, I always looked up to him and he had this, he was this psycho perfectionist I'm talking with, and he could build anything and make any, I mean, like on a high level, carpentry, electrician, like anything. And I used to watch him when I was a little boy do anything. I'm talking about the way he buttered fucking bread was perfect. Like, and it's funny because it ties to something you used to tell me in our work. He would butter bread and I would get chills as a little boy. I would get goosebumps. He would be so focused and not one part of the bread could be, you know, it was that kind of focus and that kind of intent in everything he did. And you like felt like something special was happening. Like there was something, and and you used to, we used to in our work you used to say like, being a champion is how you brush your teeth. It's not just, it's everything you do. You used to always, and like mm. my grandfather was like that. So I think even that, like you see John, and when John is working or drilling or teaching, there you nothing else exists, but what he's doing. That's it, and it's so you get chilled
1: and if you if you can't see that in somebody else, I say sometimes to some of my friends like, "Hey, there's a difference between a swan and a duck. you know they, they kind of look at the same, you know, but there's a deep, deep difference between the two, and so if you can't see that deep, committed focus in even a conversation, you're probably not going to get it in other places. yeah,
0: facts and and to carry that into doctors, researchers, it's the same. There's some people who are like, you know, this is what they do. That they, you know, they probably don't have a dog. They might not even have, kids. this is what they do. Like there's guys like that. And when you're chronically ill, you want that guy or girl. You don't want anyone else. I'm telling you that now it's a surgeon. Like you, there's a certain demeanor (laughs)
1: And you know what? They don't have to unfortunately have good bedside manners, no, right. but but it's nice when when they have both skills, e q and technical skill. it's awesome. And I would never yep. abdicate saying that you can forego, you know your your emotional social skills to be a, a gr- great at your craft. It's actually right. obnoxious to me that somebody can't, um unless you've got a disorder like I don't know, autism or something where you it's right, really yeah, hard yeah. to connect, okay. you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but but, you know, all that sometimes it's the
0: case. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes yeah,
1: that yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you give that a pass because it's a real thing, but just because you're good doesn't mean you get to be a jerk. But what you're saying right now is like, you can see and smell and hear and feel and touch those that like have that thing. You're like, I, I, it's palpable to me.
0: And there's a, another piece uh, okay. to touch on with what you're saying. Um, this is, I love this conversation. Um, uh, is that those people that you just described I find even, this is like a weird subtle thing, but if you know, uh, another thing I think is important as a young person to learn, which I learned, which I can go into how, is how to formulate and ask the right questions. Doing that develops mentorship with people like that, even when they're honorary, and they won't be honorary with you. And I've learned that firsthand and I can attest to that, that. Sometimes people that are really in their work, they just can't be bothered with people wanting things to be just handed to them. And they really appreciate it when you want to really understand, because that's what they did. They spent so much time wanting to understand this thing that, oh, you want me to just give it to you?
2: Gold. Gold, court. Yeah, gold. You want to, just yeah.
0: you know, you want yes. to be just jujitsu? You just want to get it? They don't like that shit. <laughs> so, but if you know how to formulate a, learning how to ask a good question. You know, I grew up being taught that the smartest kid in class wasn't the one with the right answer. It was the one with the best question. And I got taught that by my rabbi as a kid. And he always encouraged me. That was another huge piece growing up was with my rabbi. I, I got more out of that than school. And he always encouraged me to, because I was so curious. And he really nurtured my curiosity and I'd try to stump him all the time with questions. And uh, that's, uh, maybe I'm on a tangent, but like that's the other piece I'd say with seeking and then like securing those people who are going to help you. it's It's probably a survival mechanism as a, as a kid that's important to develop is how do I get someone to mentor or take me on? How do I, foster that. And a big part of it is knowing how to ask the right questions and showing true, true interest and true, like I want to, you know, John always said, uh, you know, technique without principles is just a bag of tricks, right? So if I just show you how to do an arm bar, big fucking deal. Like if you don't know the nuances and the, and the technique and the principles around, not the technique, the principles around setting that up, who get You know,
1: this is where like, you're going to get me fired up right here that, because the same on the mental part of the game, there's no tricks. There's no, I can't give you any tips. You know, there are core fundamental first principles to understand and fully embody. And then from that place, which is a lifelong pursuit, it's not like you just read the book of principles, like you've got to really understand some stuff that's true (laughs) for you. Right. And then, and then you work from that place out. And sometimes it's accidental that you learn an armbar before and then you go, oh, this is how I actually fricking apply this. You know, sometimes it goes the other way, but the orientation, the fundamental orientation is first principles first. So here's, here's the thing that like, let's go what, uh, some of our work, uh, before that with, with, um, your training work and then finding mentorship and then later finding solutions in medical, there's a through line here, which is first principles and great questions. And mentorship, you know, tr- like submitting to the, like these six people that I can identify have something that they've studied their life for. It's deep. It's rich. It's true, and I want to be closer to that because I need to solve something here too, right? right? So, okay, that's yeah. okay. M- money is music. Far as, all of it. Like all of it. I've yeah. Right.
0: Done. Everything it carried into it. Music, thing You know, it was like. Like, everything's a puzzle. Keep going, keep going. Like every, for me, it's all like changing what the game is, but it's all this puzzle. And you're looking for, I think for me, I was always looking for something that felt um, like magic. Like this thing where, I have really high pattern recognition. And I liked when I had to discover a pattern and music was, I mean, to get into, I mean, just, and guide me if you want, where you want me to go. But like how I got to music <clears throat> was all the injuries and this and that. And that kind of fell. I was always musical. I got photos of music guitars when I was like three years old, but what woke it up was finding an outlet. And I got in the studio and I, and I was wanting to i saw music as like a, a code to break like how do i make a hit song how what is it like and it's literally like you know the most magical thing there is like it's it's something we until we have quantum computers we won't get how that happens it's too many variables
1: i wanted to i wanted to understand your COVID story but here we are talking about your life journey which i i'm Um, I'm I'm a fan of the life journey, you know, and then you say it's like a puzzle and it's like what I love about the puzzle, putting the puzzle together is one part of the puzzle are people and principles and application. And when I can put those things together, then I get that, that aha, like, oh, and so you're, you're almost organizing your life efforts towards the ahas. And right. And so the aha, if we go, if we go spiritual for a moment, the aha is called insight. So looking for insight, deep truths that are not surfacely available is an insight. And the only way to get to insights is to really do the internal deep work, to be fully present, to be fully absorbed, whether it's in conversations or craft with people or self. And then when you get into that place, then you go, that's how that worked. And it, and then our brain be a nerd for a minute. Our brain lights up with gamma uh, brainwaves. So our brain has this really unique signature for aha. So it's called gamma brainwaves and I'm oversimplifying all this. And then when we can string together a couple insights, then we start getting into wisdom. Yes. Finding mastery is brought to you by AG one. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know what a big supporter I am of AG one. And it's almost been for a decade now. So I love what they're doing. It's something I drink just about every day. And part of their marketing slogan is that it's a nutritional insurance program and like I just I love that that's the way it feels for me and that's because each serving of AG1 delivers a dose of vitamins minerals pre and probiotics and so much more it is a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple I like to take it first thing in the morning which is also recommended for optimal nutrient absorption and so what I do is I just fill up my shaker add some cold water a scoop of AG1 and a little squeeze of lemon I shake it up, and I'm ready to go. Or if I'm in a rush or you know I'm I'm ripping and running on the road, I just grab an AG1 travel pack to take with me. I feel great after drinking it. Not only because of the nutritional insurance idea, but there's just a there's a sustenance that happens when I drink it. And I love recommending it to friends and family because I know AG1 is formulated with science-informed rigor and the highest quality in mind. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I've loved partnering with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, I want to encourage you to give AG1 a try and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and also get five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com findingmastery. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash Finding Mastery. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Aqua True. We all know how important hydration is to performance and recovery and well-being, but it's not just about how much you drink. The quality of your water plays a big role. And if you're like me and you don't fully trust tap water, and I think for good reason, research by the Environmental Working Group has shown that three out of four homes in the U.S., have harmful contaminants in tap water. That's why I'm really excited to introduce Aquatrue. Their purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. It's incredible. I can literally taste the difference in my water. Plus, the filters are affordable and long-lasting. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That adds up to less than three cents per bottle. It feels great to know that all at once, I'm saving money, getting the highest quality water for the Finding Mastery team and helping make a positive impact on the environment by eliminating single-use plastics all the way around. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and it even makes a great gift. And right now, because you're a Finding Mastery listener, you receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. So just go to AquaTrue.com you spell it AQUATRU.com and enter the code Finding Mastery at checkout. Again, that's aquatrue.com. Enter the Finding Mastery code at checkout to receive 20% off any purifier that you buy there. Can you play a riff from the song that, um, that you shared with me that like. was online? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah.
0: so when i made that this is what's crazy and you know so i've made i don't know thousands of songs and i'll tell you and i bet you people making you i don't know how many artists i know guys i know that go through this I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but <clears throat> for me, it's this puzzle. And the puzzle isn't just like, oh, how do I make like a hit? Because what is that? But things have to do a thing. That's what I say. It's, it's got to do it, do the thing. And when it's doing the thing, you know it. There's, it's undeniable. It just does a thing. And you just know it's doing the thing.
1: You did it, dude. I listened to it and I was like man is that yeah. him is that Corey? because yeah. i know Corey is like you know like a, yeah. scra- a scrappy fighter like is that Corey? Yeah. you know and yeah. i thought maybe you produced it because i couldn't recognize your your voice in it yeah and sure yeah. enough it's you produce it in you did and the whole singing, thing and and re- yeah the whole and, thing the
0: whole thing yeah and uh all right so this is where,
1: where can people find that because i'm sure they're buzzing right now um too. uh
0: Spotify, itunes um so the song's called suicide kid punk the bunny is my uh stage name and uh, producer and writer and did, artist you go, name. did
1: you go through a suicide phase?
0: Um, yeah, I did. Mm. Uh, I went through a really dark phase with that and, uh, a very heavy phase and, but what's, what's interesting is I didn't, I wasn't going through that when I wrote it, um, and I, I'd love to quickly speak on that because it's really important that people know that about music. And, you know, John Lennon talked about it all the time. And Rick Rubin talks about, you know, you kind of have an antenna when you're doing it right. And the songs kind of write themselves. And um, my process when I do a song uh, is I mumble. Kanye, I heard, does this. A few people do this. I kind of freestyle and I mumble melodies. And then as I'm doing, I'll be in the vocal booth and I'm mumbling kind of. And then words start coming out and you start hearing word. I mean, it's not everyone does. it. I don't write it. I kind of mumble. And then I'm trying to catch a melody and an emotion. And in the chords you play with the guitar and there's a feeling. You're trying to like capture a feeling. And then once you feel the feeling, that's what makes the words. Like, it's like, it's like you have this feeling from the chords and from the music. And then the words come out of you from something. It's not even always you. Sometimes it's your brother or it's someone you talk to once it's in your, your and your antenna is like, you're like a conduit. It's magic. It's, it's the most beautiful, magical thing of all the things I've ever done. And I, when I, you do it right.
1: Yeah. I'm, dude i'm inspired right now because i've always wanted to yeah i've always wanted to be part of making something special in music i'll hack around on a guitar (laughs) and say that purposefully Um, but then i listen to folks like yourself and other folks that kind of change the rhythm of the world based on the music that they've expressed i go man and that's not my craft i mean i don't know anything about it you know and but um if the question were um if you could know all the languages in the world or know the, the language of music which one would you choose i was asked that by somebody and i was like music
2: music
1: totally like music. i I love, I love language i love i yeah. love i love finding the right words for the right expression but then yeah. when you can hit the emotional pieces across the planet because not everyone speaks the, the same verbal language
2: but that right. musical language yeah you can Anyways. see
0: it's a it's a feeling right oh yeah, yeah. That's what got me into the end, and to touch on one other piece of it that I think is important is there was three years where I was making, I had got a meeting with Sony early through my cousin, long story short. And I, I was like, oh, and they're like, oh, you gotta make music like this or like that. And for about three years, I chased a sound and I was trying to make music that sounded like other people. And it would do it, but I never did the thing ever, and I couldn't understand why. And music, this is my in my experience, doesn't let you do it. It won't allow it if it's not authentic. Everyone knows and feels it, and there's just something not vibing with people. And it's like that's the other thing I loved about it is you can't bullshit. If you do, everyone knows. Maybe you'll have one hit, and then the like. There's something about when you're trying to make a song that if you don't just let it really be authentic, uh, it won't, it won't let, it's like a firewall. And it's, it's kind of, there's a weird physics or magic to that, that I became addicted to too, because I had to get more and more authentic to make it sound good. Like if I tried to do anything else, it just wouldn't work. Mm. So anyway, it was, yeah.
1: Okay, so let's let's do this. Let's let's get <clears> into the um, your condition with COVID. I mean, this is going to feel like shifting tracks pretty radically. Yeah, that's no, cool. Because we're talking about amazing insights and less lessons learned, and you know, beautiful pros to hear. And then you get COVID. You still keep training. You thought you had like an allergy for about or sniffles. Two or... Weeks.
2: Okay. Yeah,
0: for about two weeks, I was like boxing and working out, and I had like little fevers, and I I just didn't. Thinking, I was like, ah, oh, and then for a moment I was like, oh, did I? Because it was just coming out in the news, and I was like, nah, I'm fine. And I kept like coming and going, and then I woke up. Uh, it was March 22nd. Um, it was a Friday morning, freezing cold with like 102 fever, and this is when no one could go to the doctor. Everything was shut down. There was no COVID tests. There was nothing. It was hysteria and you were forced to stay home and quarantine and isolate and recover. <clears throat> and I couldn't breathe. I felt like I had like an elephant sitting on my chest and uh, a friend of mine got it at the exact same time as me. We might've got it together, I'm not sure. And so we're on the phone, we have the identical symptoms and we're both like, feel like we're dying. We must've either got a high Low dose of it. I don't I don't know. Because I know it's so variable, but maybe being run down.
2: <clears throat>
0: and this went on for 12 days. I lost like in those 12 days, I lost like 10 pounds. Um, couldn't eat was was couldn't breathe. Well, didn't have a pulsometer yet. And the nurse that I would call would tell me if you can hold your breath for more than 10 seconds, don't come to the ER. Like, that was literally where we were at, okay? And I would just go and try and see. I mean, it was, like, the worst, dumbest thing ever. So, anyway, on the 12th day of that, and everyone's telling me, oh, two weeks. So, I'm like, all right, man, I just got to make it through this shit. Like, two weeks. All right. And I get to, like, day 12 of this, like, massive inflate. It felt like like someone was beating me with baseball bats, like, 10 people. Like the the aches and the the inflammation, and uh, I had a seizure on the twelfth day. My whole body was convulsing. I lost consciousness.
1: Who's taking care of you, Corey?
0: Nobody. I was by myself at this point. Mm. By myself. I was still having to walk my dog Mm. with this Mm. twice a day while I was like dying. I had to still walk her. So and no one can come near you. You know, you had to. It was it was crazy. And, and I didn't have anything. I didn't have like enough stuff, you know, and like the right supplement. I just, it wasn't ready. It caught me like off guard. And, uh, I went to the hospital finally. Uh, my friend drove me, wore a mask. I sat in the back, wore a mask and I had a a seizure. I couldn't remember my name. Everything was like warped. Couldn't remember my date of birth, like nothing. And, uh, I get there, they kind of stabilize me, run some labs. Blood work looks like I'm in an infection. Like my lymphocytes were kind of low. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you got an infection. Probably COVID, they weren't doing COVID tests, by the way, but literally every symptom I had was COVID. And uh, they sent me home. They're like, you're young, you gotta go home, we need the beds. So I go home. Uh, That night, I was like, my arms, everything was like jerking and twitching and like my whole nervous system, something was wrong. And I recognized the feeling from when I got concussed pretty bad in a fight. It was a similar feeling where I felt uh, kind of like if I closed my eyes, I'd have hallucinations. I remember being afraid to go to sleep. But I was like, if I don't sleep, it's going to be bad. And I had to kind of roll the dice and like go to sleep. And I woke up the next day and I felt a lot better. And I was like, "Oh shit, I think I'm coming out of this." And for about a week, I would just get fevers at night, but my appetite came back, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, I'm coming out of it." I we remember posting on my Instagram like, I, "I think I'm coming out of it. I don't want to jinx it." Lasted about a week. I was just having low-grade fevers at night, and then that Sunday, it was like another wave came, and uh, I got into my lungs like different, I got a cough, felt like pneumonia. <clears throat> and uh, I fell asleep that night and my fevers came back high again. And I fell asleep that night and woke up in the middle of the night. At that point I had a a, a really expensive uh, oximeter and a heart rate monitor I was wearing. And I got up to pee in the middle of the night and I felt like I was having a heart attack. And my heart rate monitor was reading like 220, 210, 130, 180, and tons of long haulers, by the way, have this story. Like it's pretty. 220
1: is max for most. The the heart doesn't. It's a max heart rate. Yeah, yeah. 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 And
0: I wasn't doing anything. Right. And um, at this point, um, I'm 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 sitting there like like I think I'm having a heart attack. I put a blood pressure monitor on and it's really high. My blood pressure. It's like crazy high. And I'm like, all right, I I need to go to the hospital like right now so I I felt my arms my legs were like going numb I'm I'm trying to like do everything I can to stay conscious get to the hospital uh they they run on EKG all this stuff on me and they're like all right yeah something's not normal they put me in the COVID wing because of all my symptoms and things kind of stabilized but not really heart rate was really but again you're at you're at this hospital they have nothing no treatment. There's nothing then. You couldn't even do hydroxychloroquine. There was no treatment. There wasn't even like, there was nothing. They just give you an IV and they tell you to go home. This is what was going on. Okay. So I got sent home again after like nine hours in the hospital. And my heart rate was like 120 sitting in the hospital bed. And the doctor's like, yeah, I mean, you're not going to die. It's fine. It's normal. I said, my resting heart rate's 55 this isn't normal and they don't give a shit and they send you home you're young you'll be fine send you home that week i had like episode after episode like that of these weird what seemed like heart attacks. it's like they call it dysautonomia that's the term your entire autonomic nervous system because of possibly likely neural inflammation becomes damaged and haywire Digestion, heart rate, respiration. There was moments during that week where I just felt like I'd stopped breathing, like almost like my brain forgot to breathe. And and again, lots of long haulers experience this, um, which is what we're called—people who have long COVID.
1: And how long have you had it since March? Till are you 11 still eleven months now? Eleven. Still months. in it now. Yeah,
0: I'm still in it. Yeah. And uh, certain you, things got better, other things have gotten worse.
1: Uh, are you independently wealthy? Like, did you kind of crack the, so how did you no. manage your finances? No, this not time? at all.
0: Um, a lot of help. Um, I, I, a lot of help from a lot of people. Um, I, uh, I was very reluctant to be honest. Um, I still didn't really put it out there, put it out there to be really honest, I, I had, I was very reluctant to do like a GoFundMe. I didn't want to ask for help. I had a lot of ego. I don't want people to know, you know, where I was at or wasn't at. And, um, I thought, you know, you, you kept thinking it was going to end like, all right, it's going to be three months or, all right, it's going to be. And then each month would go by and I'd be doctors and supplements. I mean, I, you know, it's like two grand a month for the supplements you need to be healthy when you're chronically ill and, um, IVs and all these treatments and, none of it's covered by insurance so even if you have insurance which i do it's not covered so you know you go to a regular doctor it's antibiotics and steroids that's all they got by the way um there's no antivirals there's no none of that um and they don't you know none of that so you want to get your gut biome checked it's six hundred dollars to see what's going on in your gut to see where there's imbalances to maybe get better you want to get ozone therapy it's anywhere between $800 and $6,000, depending upon the type of ozone you get. High dose vitamin C, $300 in IV, you know? So, um, at one point I was finally like, all right, like I need help. So, um, we did a GoFundMe mm. and raised a decent amount. Um, and then privately, a lot of good friends, um, believe it or not, like I, which I was telling you before people with the least gave me the most. You know, there's outliers. There's a couple of people I know who do really well. who sent me a lot and I was grateful, but, uh, the people who had the least across, like on the average gave me help the most and check in on me the most.
1: Cause you're a service provider. So you got paid when you were working and right. And so then Correct. this idea that people with the least gave the most, why do you make sense of that? <clears throat>
0: Um, I, I believe two pieces. I believe when people need to survive and aren't in this kind of up in their tower, I think they, they understand community and understand, well, if I help, someone's going to help me too. And there's a piece there of reciprocity that's there's an awareness of that. Mm. Um, and uh, I think the other piece is, is people who have less uh, definitely know what it's like, like in one way or another and empathize more. I think in a lot of cases, and I'm, I'm generalizing sadly, but people who have a lot, a lot of times they have a lot because they're that way mm-hmm. and they don't give and they don't, you know, it, it, not always, of course not, but that's, that's been my experience a lot of times.
1: What have you lost and what have you gained?
0: if you can find something uh, material, I've lost everything. Um, I had to get rid of my car. I had to get rid of my mic. yeah, I, I had a really, really expensive mic I had to sell. Um, I had to leave my place. I lost my place. Another place. Um, I had a really, really nice place that I worked really hard for that. I, you know, had to leave. Um, I lost my, my health. Um, you know, I, I lost uh, my quality of life, like the ability to uh, do things that simple things like breathe. Um, you know, when I'm talking, I don't know if you can hear the hoarseness in my voice. There's right now it's not horrible, but it's like this inflammation. It goes from my stomach all the way up to my throat and it gets to the point by nighttime where I, I literally have a hard time breathing. And, uh, just that, just not realizing how special it is to not realize, you know, you can just breathe air, Um, like to just be able to breathe air without thinking about it. I have to kind of think about it. I have to like consciously think about breathing when I try to go for a walk, um, I haven't been able to exercise in 11 months if I try to it. This is something where my whole life I, you know, you Rocky shit like, all right, I'm going to beat this. This does not allow you to do that. It will punish you. Every time you try to fight out of it, it pummels you into bed for weeks. All your symptoms come back. So it took all of that away. Um, the ability to which in return or was use,
1: your was your first craft your first expression to your point but also the way you were making money by training everything oh my
2: god corey everything
0: and just to be able to have that outlet for whatever your trauma you know you your rage your anger your, you have these ways of moving that energy that you've now that have been taken away from you um and the the luxury of not having to immediately deal with your mortality has been taken away. And probably every day I have to think about what's going to happen when I die just to prepare because if you looked at my blood work from a week ago, it looks like I have AIDS and cancer and I'm not exaggerating and I have the lab. And that's what they thought I had. They still think I may have some kind of lymphoma And they want to run more tests because they just can't understand why my blood work looks like this and they don't know enough so i would say um in that way all that's been taken what have i gained um i have gained so much wisdom uh and appreciation for such simple things that I was too ambitious for before. I couldn't be bothered with going for a walk because I had to work on this music or I had to whatever the fuck. Like, I would say if I could go back, the lesson that I've learned from this is, it's a huge mistake in my opinion to think you've got to fill this hole. You know, there's this hole that you're trying to fill. I'm going to be a famous fighter. I'm going to be a famous musician. I'm going to, it's like this kid that never grew up that's got to fill. And when I do, it'll all be better. And it's not, it's not true. You know, so I realized that going through this, uh, I think I always felt that. And I would like shove it down well, I, during my paths, like fighting music. You know, I'd be studio, studio, studio. I got to do this thing. I got to do it. I got to do the thing. But it wasn't just about doing the thing. It was there was another piece that was not healthy. Even with music, it wasn't yeah. for me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I had to prove some something. And I spent so much energy and time and lost lots of relationships, good ones, or didn't enjoy enough relationships, good ones, friends, exes, whatever, because of this need to fill this fucking hole. And where I'm at now, I would give anything to just play. Like I'd go back to, you know, when I was at Henzo's, man, I could have had three jujitsu schools by now. I could have just been like, wait a minute. I've already got it made. I'm like a surfer. I get to come to these mats every day. I have this full community of people. I, I was talking to Jamie Crowder, another really famous uh, fight coach. He's a striking coach and we we're just, he's one of my best friends. And we were just talking. I was saying this to him, I said, man, I said, you were smart. You, you were smart, man. He was like, there's like some Warren Buffett shit. Like he saw it and he stayed teaching and coaching and, and it's sustainability. That's the other piece. I think I understand in my wisdom, I never, as a young ambitious, you know, uh, athlete, whatever with issues, I didn't realize that sustainability—that's wealth. That like having a thing you can do until you're, you know, I look at like Laird Hamilton, who's like, man, I I mess around in the water. I can do this till I'm seventy, you know, even with all his injuries. Like, I didn't think like that, and I wish I did. There's a lot of pieces like that where if it wasn't—and maybe this isn't for everyone—but if it wasn't, but this might connect with a lot of people. You know, those things are so short-lived those things you're chasing and there's all this abundance around, like I didn't even see it, man. Like to me, jujitsu, it was about being a fighter. It wasn't about where it should have been. Okay. I'll go for this. But like, this is what it's about. I have a community. I have a business I can end up doing because of who I'm under and I can be barefoot all day, every day on the mats and like teach, which, you know, you you know what I'm saying? Um, Mm, I do music all of it it's like man you've got a playground given to you and none of it's good enough because you got to go you need to be this thing and if you're not this thing you're nothing and it's a joke it's not real none of that's real and if I if I could get to the other side of what I'm going through I'm so grateful either way but I'm so grateful because whenever it comes and i'll do everything i can to get there what i know now like what i get now about what it's about oh man dude it's simple it's so simple
1: <laughs> you know wow. yeah. corey what what do you think you're going to do next is it are you too deep in the weeds right now to kind of you know muse about next or do you have a sense of what that might be
0: It's a really good question um, because I think about it, but then I don't think I give myself permission to because I'm afraid to get my hopes up. It's a weird battle I go through. Sometimes I think, okay, I need the carrot. You know, I went through a moment during this on that Instagram where I changed it to my name and I was like, I'm going to help everyone. This is what I'm going to do. I tried to motivate myself. And I was bedridden, you know, just tried to post about supplements and what I'm doing. And and I tried to post videos and I was wrecked and I was like, shit, I can't even do that. So that's an interesting space to be in, to try to decide between, um, do I create a carrot to motivate me or will it hurt me to do and I, And that's what's weird about this. This is unlike anything that people don't understand. If someone has chronic illness, chronic fatigue, ME, MS, long COVID, chronic Lyme, like all these weird things that get written off and it's a small percentage of people. <clears throat> I'm very lucky. My blood work is so shot that it's undeniable that something is wrong. Because um, you look at me and it's like, well, is he sick? And it's like, Yeah, really sick. People with lupus don't look sick on the outside. So, and their kidneys are failing, which I have really funky kidneys now. Like I have weird stuff going on in my kidney. All my organs are shot, like weird stuff. Um, So I don't know. That's it. I would ask you too what you think, like which is healthier to stay just day to day, which is what I try to do. I try to just, okay today and i i try to like find joy whether it's cooking when i can or or even just watching a good documentary or whatever um or do you it's just with this it's unlike anything in that you can't rocky it you can't go i'm gonna fight my way out of this and it's all i've done my whole life and it doesn't allow you to you gotta almost accommodate it it's wow. this thing inside you, whether it's the virus, that virus, or they think there's theories that it reactivated latent, like Epstein Barr. And there's a theory that you get really sick and these other viruses turn on. And that's what's happening to me. That's a theory. Whatever it is, you have to accommodate it. Because when I try to like push through, oh, dude, wrecked. I mean, wrecked.
1: Like, Which is. Which is your model from when you're, you're from from fighting, yeah. from whatever, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I, I, to answer your question, I think that a key ingredient will be hope. And so um, whether you think about later or you're interpreting now, I think hope will be foundational as one of those first principles. You know, this idea, this optimistic idea that um, something good's going to come down and I'm going to be prepared. You know for it either in a mindset and approach or present moment experience or whatever but you know that hope piece is um we're not born with it and so just kind of keeping it present um honoring it i think is uh, an important piece for people that because it'd be so simple for you to be hopeless right that depression hopeless I mean, what's the difference
0: so simple yeah. and and you go through it. You go through these. Uh, going through this is there's so much trauma,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, you know you're getting told one day you might have cancer. And then they're telling you this. Then they're telling you that. You're, you know, uh, you you go through a month where your oxygen's down to seventy eight percent, and there's no one helping you, and you're falling asleep at night. You you just everything becomes trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And I you know I was saying to you uh, before I used to, there was a huge period of like anger. Like why me? You know, I, like I said, I got a friend whose dad's like 68, had a massive stroke, smoked four packs a day, diabetic, and he's like got COVID, he's fine. And I'm like, why me? Why me? I'm angry. And then I, like I said to you, I was like, of course me, you know? Cause I'm like, I love to solve puzzles. I was like. Here he's you, you like, you know, uh, w- whatever it is out there, uh, writing this thing possibly, because I realize I'm in no control. Gave me the biggest puzzle of all, and if there's anybody driven to, with all the tools and all the characteristics I have, uh, it's me <clears throat> to try to figure this thing out. And I've gone to the edges of the earth, man. I've gone, I've tried every treatment. I've run all the labs you can run. I mean, like a pin cushion, like 30 vials each time. And the three things I've learned from it, uh, which is pretty valuable is A, uh, we don't come close to mother nature. Like it's like, it's so much more sophisticated than us on a level where we're still cavemen. Um, two, like to add to that uh, for people to understand this, what I've learned. We know nothing about the immune system, okay? I go to immunologists, okay, that's their title. They don't have a clue what's happening to me and they couldn't explain it. We know our world, we do not, I don't think we direct money into that or whatever, so um the thing you learn from all this is uh which I would tell people if they're chronically ill be really careful because when we're sick we want snake water bad. we want the cure we want and you will spend a lot of money for that and there are a lot of people who prey on that and I would be really careful And like, to your point, I would have hope and I would be patient with yourself and trust the body. I don't think I did that enough. I think I was like, I need to get better now. And you don't have a choice on that.
2: Okay.
1: As a reminder, that was just part one of this conversation recorded in January of 2021 now let's jump right into part two recorded recently all right corey so it's been about a year since we last spoke um we've exchanged text messages and you know uh been up to date as much as i can through text but bring me and the audience up to speed since we last spoke
0: um a lot's happened uh i'm not sure i remember the date the exact date but uh there a few do, but I know it's definitely been at least about a year. And at the time, you know, we were still trying to figure out what was going on with me. And um, there was a lot of <clears throat> confusion because of COVID. And, um, you know, I was experiencing so much long COVID symptoms. And I was in these support groups and I was matching so many things with long COVID um but i was like the sickest person and not from an energy standpoint that was the uh, weird part was um you know all these people had this vicious like fatigue and like chronic fatigue and i didn't i was kind of hyper actually um which i later learned why i was hyper uh just through research and uh and watching the Huberman podcast a lot and understanding dopamine and understanding the adrenal system. And when you're in survival mode and things can in certain people, I think who are pre-wired, um, that didn't, that wasn't happening to me. I wasn't tanked like that. I was sick. I was like chronically sick. And if I exerted myself, I'd get more sick, which is a form of ME and CFS. Um, but it's different it affects people differently this is a whole thing that is very um, not looked looked at deeply by the medical community enough i think there's just not enough money in it
1: okay so did you have uh, is your experience because of your your diagnosis or your your um, you got covid or is got it, COVID. it you got covid and For are sure.
0: these like 100% like like 100% who had covid in right in the beginning two of two of my clients were positive i didn't have a test because there was no tests they had some high end doctor who had access to it we all were sick at the identical time with the identical symptoms vicious fevers um couldn't breathe you know desatting pneumonia the whole the whole the whole thing i got really really sick really fucking sick
1: okay so fast Fast forward though to the,
0: and then I'm like, and then when I, when we spoke, I had been just chronically sick, fevers, Mm -hmm. weight loss, the whole thing. And I'd get bouts where I'd start feeling better. And then I just, boom. But again, I was so my, my blood work that I was getting done was so much worse than every other long hauler. It didn't add up. And I don't remember, but I'll recap it. I don't, I don't remember if at this point I had seen the oncologist or not yet when we spoke, but I might not have brought it up on the last interview. I don't remember on the last part, but this is an important piece. Now, at the time, maybe it wasn't because I didn't think I had cancer So, after the fact. So I'd done all this research, doing all my own labs, and I was like, I think I have cancer. You You spend enough hours of the day researching and going through PubMed journals and you read all these weird things with copper and my copper levels were high, my C-reactive protein, all of my inflammatory markers were like through the roof in a linear progression of elevation month after month when everyone else post-COVIDs were like normalizing. My T-cells were tanked still where everyone else's were coming back to normal. My immune system, it looked like I had HIV or cancer. I went to an oncologist in Las Vegas brought all my paperwork, told her everything, the whole story. She told me I was crazy. No way I have cancer. I had lymph nodes bulging out of my neck and my armpits everywhere. She felt them. She's like, oh, I've seen this. I've seen this with Epstein-Barr. You're young. This is post-viral. You read too much. Why do you do so much blood work? You're going to drive yourself crazy. If this was cancer, I'd fall off my chair. Refused to biopsy me. I'm begging her. She thinks I'm just neurotic,
1: which you are by the way, let's be clear. <laughs>
0: completely. completely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, which, yeah,
0: yeah, good. By the way, my neuroses have <laughs> saved my life.
1: Yeah, but, right. Yeah. Well, I was saying if this at that point in time you were neurotic. You know, emotions were through the roof like you were I searching mean, in for an angle, answer. I mean,
0: I have a obsession with detail. Obsession. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A psychotic, it's probably a mental illness that saved my life like I have an obsession with detail and with subtle awareness of self like I have such a and this is real it's my kinesthetic awareness is so deep possibly a combination of being an athlete trauma as a child whatever it is like so like neuroticness plus deep Neuromuscular, neurobody awareness
2: mm-hmm.
0: to a degree that I catch this entire story. I caught things months before anyone else, and no one listened to me. And this is a theme in medicine that we're seeing constantly right now. You know, the big term gaslighting and all this that doctors are doing.
1: Well, hold on, real quick, before you get onto that, like what yeah. you're talking about is interoception. Right, which is this Correct. idea that you, yeah, like you've got that word.
0: That's new for me, but yeah, I, I, I heard that word recently. Yes, my, my experience of the nerve, my nervous system experience outside of my brain of interoception. Yes, yes. yeah.
1: So it's just you're highly attuned. Um, high, yeah. High. Okay. So, and you add that with some neuroses, and you add that with a heightened state of pain, and you add that with a very uh, explanatory. Reason why everything is on tilt, including your emotions and your need to find a solution. Yes, yeah,
0: survival mode, lockdown. No one wanted to see you. I already went through months where, like, I'm being sent home and fucking can't breathe and all that. So, yep. yeah, I'm in this state of fight or flight. It's like sympathetic nervous system nonstop.
1: And so, this is when you reach back out or. It's not like we lost I don't track. Remember.
0: I, yeah, I don't remember, but I just know that it was in August. I can tell you the date when I saw the oncologist. Yeah. That was August 2020. She sent me home, told me I was crazy, right? I went on a witch hunt.
1: <laughs> this sounds like the best of medicine, doesn't it? You're fine. Don't be so neurotic. And it's a cancer you know? doctor.
0: Yeah. Geez, who that's geez, right. It's like, if you have lymph nodes, now, knowing what I know now, you check. You fucking check. So I go on this witch hunt. I start seeing every infectious disease doctor, I'm being tested fucking 40 vials of blood every week, every virus, every autoimmune disease. I'm negative for everything. So the infectious disease guy that I'm speaking with, this is after we spoke.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He calls her because he's like, I think this might be cancer. I'm I'm between I'm between sero lupus. I think it's that. Or I think this kid's got cancer. She's like, this ain't cancer. She tells him. She was like, oh, he added labs to the labs I ordered. I don't want to see him again. Like, she was just really the worst of the worst human being, to be completely honest. And uh, told him, no way it's cancer. This is in November. No way it's cancer. I went, then I went, whatever. I went to that other guy, did all this special treatments. Tried to do all these things. Nothing was, everything just kept getting worse. So, anyway, I start calling. I I talk with you. I'm like, is there someone out there? You know, you connect me with David.
1: Uh, Dr. David Fagenbaum.
0: Yep. David Fagenbaum. And uh, before I get connected to him, before me and him speak, actually get to talk, I get an ultrasound done that shows tumors basically. In my stomach, in my chest, all over. Mm. So this guy's like, now everyone's like, this is either cancer or it's some crazy fungal infection. So we're back to cancer.
2: <clears throat>
0: Another doctor, by the way, called me. There's a, a saying these doctors all say. So now I'm um, we call me the zebra.
1: So zebra is a shorthand
0: for? For you're in North America and you hear a stampede, chances are it's not zebras. So he's like, everything about you has got COVID, really. Yeah, you maybe have some crazy rare cancer, but the chances, come on.
1: Come on. It should be a horse. It looks like it's probably a horse, but when you take a double look at it, it right. looks like a horse. But if you squint a little bit, you're like, wait a minute. Right. That horse has
0: stripes. I, I call, I, so I start calling all these other oncologists in Las Vegas. Mm. Some reason none of them will take my case. I come to find out they're all under the same umbrella. So no one would see me in Vegas. I'm calling every top oncologist, you people referring me, Google, whatever. And none of them would take my case. So I'm starting to really go into freak out mode because I'm sure at this point I can just feel it. I'm like, I got cancer.
1: Hold on, Rook. Sorry to interrupt, but they wouldn't take you because you she were labeled I as psych-
0: this, right. But clearly my interaction with her, whatever her notes were, they're all they're all under the same group. They're all psychosomatic.
1: You know. He's he's actually neurotic and you Probably. Know, he needs, to, he needs he, to work with a psychologist,
0: he, not he an had oncologist. Yeah, add some labs at the lab that I didn't order. You know, whatever she said about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just the fact that even if I had cancer, maybe to cover her ass. I don't know. Yeah, All right. I know yeah. is no one. And in Vegas, it's like there's one place. So I call UCLA. I find out my insurance sometimes does these one-time approvals without a state. And mine does it with Stanford and UCLA. So I just scramble. I'm, you know, I'm scrambling. Every day is like another day that this shit's spreading in my body. I get on the call call with an oncologist, Dr. Shin. This guy is the most amazing angel human ever. Shout out, Dr. Shin. And uh, gets on a call with me. Within four minutes of the conversation goes, Corey, I'm going to say 95% you have lymphoma. No CT scan yet. No biopsy yet. Just a conversation. He said, you were right. I'm telling you that now. You were right. You you break down in tears immediately, don't you? Immediately. I'm
1: hysterical. Relief. Relief. In love. You know, like hope. The whole thing. You need a a Mm
0: -hmm. CT scan immediately. Yeah so we go do a CT scan. Come to find out it's everywhere. Lungs, stomach, my entire spleen was diseased, stage four. Whole spleen was completely replaced with multifocal disease. So it was just tumors, my spleen. So my spleen wasn't working. Um, get a biopsy, stay, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. Very rare disease. Um like super rare, usually young people with more active immune systems. So he calls me and he's like, it's cancer. It's stage four. Um, And for
1: and for folks that don't understand stage four.
0: So stage four is once it's above and below the diaphragm, once it is spread and metastasized to a degree outside of a more local area is when it's stage four. If it gets to the bone marrow, it's also stage four, but it doesn't have to. Once it's outside of the lymphatic system and it spreads to an organ, it's stage four. Mm-hmm. Also, like I said, above and below the diaphragm. So this me. is pro-
1: this is problematic. This is like,
0: mm. yeah, it's no okay. joke. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's serious shit. Now, fortunately, with Hodgkin's, you have a better shot. Statistically. It's better than like other, like, you know, lung cancer stage four, it's like 30% stage four Hodgkin's. It's like 70%, you know, mm. chance. Um, but it depends on a lot of things. I had a lot going against me because of how long. So a lot of the prognostic markers that mean not as good of an outcome were at that point, so my LDH, remember that number mm-hmm. you were talking about?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So high is 230, right above 220 is high. Mine was 230 when that oncologist said I didn't have it. By the time I got to chemo, before we started, it was 420, which is like not good.
1: Where's Fagan in this?
0: So he comes in yeah Literally, um and goes he says so he before i got diagnosed we got on a call yeah and he said this is either castleman's
1: which is what he's known for Yep, he's a, so yeah, and he so was, for for clarity for folks listening yeah. dr david fagenbaum he was on yeah. the podcast legend he's known as a disease hunter and so um as soon as you and i connect i'm like hold on Yep. Let's, let's pull in, you know, the legend and yeah. you, you guys sink. And so then what, what happens? What's the next step for you?
0: So I talked to Fagenbaum, right. And he's like, I, I you got, you know, uh, I get diagnosed. The guy do the, you know, biopsy. Then I had to have a bone marrow biopsy, which was gnarly. It was like day after, days in a row and uh, one after another. And then we start chemo and uh, this is crazy. So we start chemo and I'm ready to fucking go. I'm in ketosis, which again is theoretical, but the concept behind that, by the way, is that cancer feeds on glutamine and it feeds on sugar, glucose. That's why a PET scan is a like radioactive glucose. So if you have glucose in the body, cancer can feed on it metabolically. So the theory is if you starve, the cancer cells of carbohydrates. You have a better shot at letting the chemo do its thing. Not going to cure you without chemo, but they keep growing. So if you slow down the growth, plus hit it with chemo, which just fucking nukes it, you got a better shot.
2: Hmm.
0: All the other cells in your body can run on ketones. Cancer can't.
1: Do you have Hmm. um, have your fingertips on some of that research that I could take a look at?
0: 100%. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: And, okay. I I'd like to read it. And then I hear you, what you're saying is like, it's not like it's um, the golden standard or the gold no. standard. So, you know, um, you, but you I would like, I'd, I'd college, like to read it.
0: But if you ask any, you know, if you ask an oncologist, if it's not a double blind placebo study, they, they're not going to tell you to do it, but you know, Walter Longo's work on cancer, which is mostly with mice. I don't know if you know about Walter Longo, his research was on cancer patients. And, oh, having okay. and by fasting around chemo, similar concept. When your body's in a starvation state, all the other cells in your body go into like a protection mode. Cancer cells don't know how to do this. So it's the idea of that is that by doing that around chemo, you're hoping the chemo doesn't and fuck up your own healthy cells and it only gets to cancer cells. That's the theory. And in mice, it works and they've, Had good anecdotal results in small trials on people. So I was doing both. Keto, and then I would water fast for three days around chemo. Just no joke. It's not easy at all. Uh, It's pretty intense. So first chemo, go through it. I, I, I feel awful, like it. I didn't know about tumor lysis syndrome. Essentially, when you got a big tumor burden in your body, the first few chemos, they they hospitalize some people die even. There's such a toxicity release of cytokines from the cancer cells when they die. So if you got a lot of cancer, you get really sick when those cells die. So the first, first one or two chemos, if you've got a heavy tumor burden, I was like this close to going to the hospital day three, cause you got steroids in you. So the first two days aren't horrible. They're manageable. But when they, when that dexamethasone starts wearing off, that's when you feel it. I was like shaking and I, it was almost like uh, what I've seen when you see like someone detoxing from like heroin or actually like alcohol, I was kind of like shaking and, had these vicious headaches, but I mean, and I have a crazy pain threshold, and this was like unbearable, to where I almost went to the hospital. And I, you know, I researched while I was shaking, curled up in a ball, and I found this tumor lysis. I believe it's called tumor lysis syndrome. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I, once I knew what it was, I'm like, let me try to ride this bitch out. And I just sat curled in a ball, and it, it passed after like six hours and then it was kind of and you kind of come out of it after a few days and dude i felt so good about five days after the first chemo
2: Mm.
0: i felt better than i had felt in a year it was insane i was like whoa i was like i can do this Mm. okay three days of hell four days and then i feel like this all right let's go Next chemo, they fuck up, kind of. And I caught it. I don't want to say fuck up, but they did. Again, details. I weigh myself every single morning, naked after I pee. I know my weight. And then I pound a bunch of water or whatever. So the one drug, which is the most neurotoxic, they do it based on weight. So the first dose I got was 80 milligrams, and it let me put you like this: before each round, they recheck your blood, all those markers we talked about, which there's more. My LDH was 420, right? It came all the way down to 210 from one chemo. Cool. Yeah. Jeez. My sed rate was 85, just crazy above 15 is high okay it came down to like 14 one like it was almost like all the cancer died so anyway i called the doctor i was like man i feel really good is this normal he's like yeah you all that inflammations come down so anyway next round they upped the dose because they thought my weight went up they're weighing me in a in a in shoes in clothes and i drank a bunch of water like with drugs like this again this is something i see with medicine with everyone's kind of robotic and not detailed enough and i'm really sensitive i guess to shit so they upped the dose of the drug because they thought i gained some weight back i didn't i was the same weight it hit me way harder and i didn't know they upped the dose first 2 days i was fine then the third day I got really bad bronchial inflammation, and you can still hear I have a hoarse voice. My voice was almost gone, could barely talk. And I was really looking forward to singing, because like, after the first chemo, I'm like, oh, I can make music through this. This is going to be great. I'll just fucking ride out those three days, and then I'll make music, and this will be fucking great. Voice was gone. Like, I mean, gone to where I was like scared. Like I couldn't talk. And then it kind of was coming back and I got hit really hard that round. Like, I mean, like, I just felt like I got electrocuted, like my whole brain, my body. But again, after about four days, you kind of shake it off. And then, then I felt great. Other than the voice that was gone still, but just my energy. So, uh, We do another round at that higher dose. And I wake up with what feels like bronchitis. My lungs feel really inflamed. Voice is shot, shot. And I'm really fucked up. I can't walk good. My balance is off. I feel like I've really, my nervous system got really wrecked. Call the doctor. And I'm like, hey man, did you like up the dose or something? And he's like, yeah, the last two rounds. Your weight went up. I said, no, it didn't. My weight's been the exact same weight every morning. I'm like, you guys are weighing me when I come there and I have, clothes." I'm like, that's not an accurate. I'm like, we need to lower the dose. I said, I think I have, I think I have bronchial like damage or inflammation. He's like, I'll get an x-ray of your lungs. I said, yeah, but it's not my lungs. I think it's bronchial. I can feel where it is. Sure enough, x-ray, diffuse bronchial wall thickening, suggestive of airway disease. So now I've got this like chronic, this went on for the rest of chemo, like asthma. Voice gone. We lower the dose. I start getting neuropathy at this point, a little bit in my fingertips, like numbness. We keep going. Next round, next round. Hair, my is still long. They couldn't believe that I wasn't losing any hair. I was like, oh, it must be the fasting and the keto. Wasn't losing my hair we got to the halfway point, so three months in, and I'm shadow boxing and walking three miles a day Uphills. I didn't do that all of post-chemo, post-COVID. I thought, and my immune system was tanked. That's why I think there's an autoimmune component. My immune system was so, my white blood cells were so low. I wasn't getting infections though, probably because of all my protocols. And I, I felt better than ever. It was weird. And then they, this is when things went south. So I start noticing some things, some neuro neuro, neurological and nerve things, but very mild. And he's like, we're going to give you this bone marrow stimulant because your white count's really low. So I'm like, okay. Um, And mind you, I'm like traveling back and forth from Vegas to LA this whole time. It's a lot of stress, which couldn't have helped with my nervous system, like a lot, like the whole time I'm in like, I'm not in a Zen space. I'm in like war mode. This isn't like, you know, I'm get to stay in once. So I have to go back and forth. I'm getting Airbnbs and then I have to come back. Cause it's like five grand each time. I'm trying to raise money and do, it's, it was insane. It was very stressful. The whole thing it was not easy. And I just all, you know, so anyway, they give me this injection And right away, I felt like I was paralyzed, like within four hours, my whole spine felt like inflamed and I couldn't move. I mean, I couldn't move. It felt like I was in a car accident. And I called the doctor and I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I literally, I can't move. I said, it feels like my whole spinal cord is, is like inflamed or something. And he's like, let's see if it calms down sure enough within about three or four days it chilled out and i kind of bounced back but then my my nerves didn't feel right like in my my arms my legs i started getting weird weird pains in my legs weird things started happening each round we had to keep doing those shots to keep my white count up
1: what is your spiritual framework
0: um after or before this oh interesting before before this my spiritual framework was uh i definitely had more belief in in things that were conspiring I, I had the you know the alchemy belief um and if i can be candid not to be a bummer but uh it's not it's not a bummer to me from my perspective of what i'm gonna say but I think it's literally algorithmic chaos. I think from what I've seen and what I've gone through and what I've seen now that I've been in it and I've been around other really, really sick people that people don't see when when they send their vibes um, and really good people who suffer unimaginable things. I I can't anthropomorphize a God. Which is what I think people do. So, therefore, I don't know, but I know that it's an algorithm of chaos. If there is a God, it's not something that I can give human characteristics to because if it had them, these things wouldn't happen. So, I, it's beyond, I'd be, I'm, I think it would, I'd be insulting to it to give it human if there is something. It's so beyond me. That I I refuse to be like, oh, there's a God, but he's an asshole, you okay. know. Like I refuse to do that. It's like it's what we do with dogs, you know. We anthropomorphize. We make everything human.
1: And so, not everyone's going to be familiar with you know that phrase, but really, it's when you you take characteristics and you know you make explanations and put them you know into human terms, right? Like so, I see having human characteristics something has human characteristics
0: what i see in my experience now which again i I, it's only right now right from my perspective now which can change is everyone's hedging their bets it's like everyone is a handicapper and the people who really kill it in life are better handicappers they're better statistic and look to be the best sports better, you only got to win like 54% of the time and you're like a millionaire and you're like the shit. Mm -hmm. I think doctor, everyone I've, me, everyone in life, I think you're going outside and you're interfacing with the most quantum, most complex fucking algorithm of chaos ever and your job is to hedge your bets and act accordingly. And I think that's something I didn't understand. I really believed I was entitled to everything. And I really believed, I really truly believed that the universe conspired for me. I don't believe that anymore. I believe that you are given, whether it's by randomness or there's a creator, whatever, you're given these rules in this game and this system and this computer and this brain and this body, and you need to act accordingly, you need to follow, and then you need to play the math. Like, I think math is like the true language of it all. And it's all statistics. I mean, that's what I see. I see it in everything I've gone through. Everyone's guessing. Well, science
1: is born out of hypotheses, which is like, I think, in my most educated kind of creative way. Sure. I think this is how it's working. Then we run some research to say no nope, or yeah, you know, like that's how we go from you know right. theory to fact, you know. Right, but, but even uh, when it's
0: fact, they're playing numbers. Like with cancer, we're hmm. we're 2022, right? They still have no clue if you're going to have cancer or not until you're done. They have no way of knowing.
1: Yes, yeah, even the most sophisticated
0: testing that we have, they don't know. A PET scan does not tell you if you'd still have micro cancer cells or not. That's why you have to do it every six months.
1: So th- therein lies why you're saying that, you know, this idea of anthropomorphism, which again, for clarity, is the attribution of human traits on something that's not human. I think there's that, too much
0: suffering and too much randomness yeah, okay. to I give to give a creator yep. to give a creator a, a human. If there is, it's beyond my, that's where I'm at. It's so beyond me that I'm like, it's randomness, it's chaos. Be really nice to each other and be really, really fucking grateful. Sorry for cursing. Be grateful that you can walk. I can't walk well right now. I have days where I'm falling in the shower. I have to try to get home care. I can't talk good. My hands go numb. My... I'm having really strange vascular issues. I, I have cr- I had to have neck surgery two weeks after my last chemo, emergency surgery because of the nupagin shots, and they caused all this damage in my spine. I'm all kinds of fucked up, and you want to celebrate, right? You want to say, "Oh, I'm can't," because by the way, cancer-free. We beat that shit. Mm. So no cancer for now, according to my PET scan, it's all gone.
1: You say, do you say for now as a hedging of the bet or? Hedging of the
0: bet, because we, you, you can relapse, they can't see the micro cells. So you don't know if you wiped, all it takes is, cancer is one stem cell. That's how it starts, as one cell. Mm. So if there's one left, it can come back all over again.
1: Okay.
0: You catch Jeez. one cold, you, yeah. And they have no clue other than keep checking with this intense amount of radiation every six months. And it's another thing, by the way, to the defense of oncologists, to the defense of science and Western medicine, you know, another phenomena that I encountered during this is don't do chemo, man. It's toxic. Don't do that shit. You know, Joe Dispenza can meditate your cancer away take CBD to, you know, all this bullshit. Okay. And let me tell anyone who's listening. If you have stage four cancer, good luck with that. It's no joke. And it's really easy. Everyone, by the way, who sends me that shit never had cancer. Not one cancer patient reached out to me and said, dude, don't do the chemo. I had stage four cancer. I didn't do chemo. I just did you know meditation and and c b d and then it cured not one human ever.
1: What do you hope people get out of this conversation because you're 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 gonna pay some taxes for this,
0: yeah um, and it's so hard to get it all in, right? There's so much I want to say, and there's so much to this experience. there's just so much, there's too much, and um I don't know what's gonna happen to me. I don't, I think I, you know, I, with the neuropathy, I've severe neuropathy. I, you know, I woke up two round, ra- two rounds till the end. I all of a sudden couldn't walk. It was like, I was paralyzed and we stopped one round early because of that. Um, we did one more round after that and we removed the one drug. It didn't help. <clears throat> and I literally couldn't, couldn't use my hands dropping things. I still have trouble. I'm it's amazing. I'm holding this phone and, uh, The only thing keeping me going, that was the thing I really, when you asked me that question, the really important thing that I'm still figuring out is like what's keeping me going, right? Like truth, like where's the quality of life at this point? Most of my day I'm in bed. This is like the highlight of my day, this is amazing. And I'm waiting and I I don't have anyone here. I'm trying to get home care, Um, trying to raise money for therapy Cause the type of physical therapy I need likely is going to cost cash. It's not going to be covered by insurance. I need, I want
1: to ner- be, be really clear. You are, you do not embody since I've known you a victim mentality, no. a victim approach to life. A woe yeah. is me. If anything, it's been the opposite. Like I'm an ass kicker. I, you know, like I figure things out and, yeah. you know, bet on me. Yeah. So I want to be really clear. Cause I'm about to ask our community to chip in. You know, and to find, uh, do you you have a way people? Yeah,
0: I have a GoFundMe and uh, which I was really reluctant to do, um, which we did during chemo just to, I mean, like I said, the Airbnbs alone were five grand for, you know, it's for like a week and a half while you're in LA and then we're going back and forth and uh, yeah, I have a GoFundMe and uh, what I need now, which I'm doing, yeah, no, there is no victim here we're going to fight until we've, we beat it, everything. And I'm back hiking and walking and running and laughing. And I'm, and I'm able to function or I'm going to die trying. That's it. Um, that's what I've done through all of this. I haven't stopped. I'm not going to stop now, but I, I think what I, what I, where I'm at now and the, the thing that's important is a few things, um, which is, it's a lot. I know it's so hard to, you know, but, uh, I'd say gratitude. I I see everyone every day, just, you know, and, and I think myself included prior to this, I made my life so fucking, I probably said this on the last part too, so much more complicated than it needed to be, so much more stressful than it needed to be. And it's really basic. Get amazing sleep, wake up with the sun, Go to bed. You know what I mean. Like, eat eat ridiculously healthy food. I mean, which is another conversation of what that means, because everyone's like really disoriented with that. But like, if knowing what I know now, which is always the case, sadly, I would have done everything different. And if I, I think what's keeping me going is the chance, the hope, and the chance to get to a place where I can actually fully realize and exercise all that I've learned. Cause the wisdom now is on another level and I would do anything. I'd give anything to just get to a place where I can go for a long walk where I can have day where I don't have all this weird, these weird issues where I can't just go do those basic things and enjoy it. Cause it's all I want. Like, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck about anything else anymore. It's like, you strip it all down. It, this was the most beautiful gift ever. I guess either way it was, regardless of what happens to me. But the truth is, if I can get back to a reasonably functioning state, this was the greatest gift ever. Because I give no fucks about all the things I used to consume myself with and life has become so clear about what it is and what it's about and it's like take care of yourself because you don't hedging right you don't know your genetics that well and you don't know what's underlying and we all like push it and it's always until you end up like this that it's like oh my god I figured it out it's like I don't know if the human condition will ever get to a place But if if in some way I can, with everything I've been through, the biggest message I would say is gratitude on a daily fucking basis and simplify, like psychotically simplify and watch how much happier you'll be. Like, Like an antidepressant. Even with everything I went through, by following those rules of getting sleep, with the circadian rhythm, getting sunlight in the morning, eating the way I was eating. I killed it considering the doctors couldn't believe it. It still got to me. This stuff is toxic. I was in it for six months and I'm wrecked now, but I'm going to do the same thing as long as I can to try to rebuild. But like, that's the message I guess that I would give that I, that I truly learned from all this is like, you're given this thing and it, works on a quantum level with all of everything around you, your environment, light, your mind, your body, your nervous system, you, what you were talking about, the nervous system and the autoimmune disease. I'm on that right now. I realize that I was in this sympathetic nervous system state, which a lot of people are in that don't have cancer constantly. And by the way, for people who don't know, sympathetic is not calm. No, no,
1: This fight or flight. So it's called sympathetic dominant or, you know, eventually leads to some sort of adrenal burnout, or adrenal right. fatigue. Yeah, which is right. the comp which is obviously going to create massive health comprom- compromises. But I hear you saying gratitude, simplification, like those are two big bright things. And then if I were to, if I were to double, double dip here on on, on this type of thinking, say, how do you finish this thought? Um, my heart is yearning for. Peace. Peace. And then life is?
0: A gift. Act accordingly. Don't take it for granted. Act accordingly. It's a gift. You're lucky and you're not special you're lucky that you even have one so just act accordingly that's what mm-hmm. i would say
1: jesus dude okay um it's so sobering coming from you
0: huh. i'm
1: so sobering
0: it's like a friend of mine a friend of mine said you know this is a huge one she said i've never heard an artist like admit this and i was like i'm probably done with music She was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm just done. I was like, I'm done. And she was like, why? And I said, well, it was never about the music. So it was never about the music. It could be cooking. It could be painting. It could be anything. I said, "Um, for me, there's two things that music was about. And it wasn't music. My brain loves to like figure out puzzles. And for me, music was like the hardest puzzle. It was like to make a song do what it's supposed to do was just, I was obsessed with that, with figuring that out. And my brain just finds things like that. So it could be anything. And music is part of what put me looking back and other things because they were the same thing in that overly sympathetic nervous system state i wasn't balanced it took away you know i was an athlete i was way healthier before me you know music put me into this purely because of my personality whatever i spent 10 hours a day 12 hours a day not sleeping trying to figure it out maybe i'm an addict and it's just not heroin you know what i mean and so I need to stay away from all that shit. You know, and I see that now.
1: <laughs> you know, it's like, let me tell you my response is that yeah. um, I'm laughing right now, but it's because of the journey you just took me on, which is it's not about the music. Now my first reaction was so selfish, dude, just now. I was like, oh, no, I, lo- I loved what you created. The first, the, the one song that I know. Yeah, that yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I-, I want more of that. And then you're like, yeah, it wasn't good for me. And then I kind of went, yeah, okay, I kind of hear him. And then I'm like, wait, hold on, what are you doing, Mike? This is my inner experience. Like, what yeah, are you yeah, doing? Yeah, Mike? yeah, yeah. Because Sorry. I, like, yeah, what you did was you created something that moved me. Yeah. And um, it might, it I don't know who it moves, but it moved me. It moves
0: every person, like that song. Yeah. Of all my, it's, I did the thing. It's the one. You just, did the I, thing. Did the That's thing it. Where any person, old, young, that hears that it moves them and they, and it's, and it's felt. And, uh, sorry, I have to lay it back down, kind of sit back down, but, uh,
1: yeah, you, cra- you, you cracked the code. I did. It took, it took, and you. that's what it
0: took me five years
1: and 12 hours a day, day, a day. In like poorly totally lit rooms, hunched or, over, yep, yep, not yep, eating, drinking, whatever. Posture. And yeah,
0: right. Yeah, yeah. damn. Like, like back and forth trips to LA, not eating well, you're in the studio, you're looking for dopamine all day. you're eating candy, you're anything you know drinking tons of coffee. Um, but I did it. And then I was like, and i I could get do the same thing again, and I, I really could, like, but I know what how imbalanced it makes me. Mm-hmm. And with everything I went through, when I just got sick, I didn't give a shit about that. I cared about walking. I cared about breathing. I cared about eating cared about being able to laugh and hug people i'm not fucking around i'm not being dramatic i'm not being romantic i genuinely i tell people this anyone i can speak to you will not give a fuck about any of that shit when when you are really staring at death you won't you'll care about people you love and you know you hear this i've heard it never hit me until I didn't care. Yeah, I cared that, like, you know, I told people, hey, make sure my song gets streamed like crazy if I if I go. Yeah, of course, that's the ego. You know, remember me. But uh the truth, me, I regretted. I didn't regret that I didn't get to make more music. I'm just being fucking honest. If this bums people out that think I'm like rock star till I die, which I am in a different way. <laughs> but The truth is I regretted not spending more time with really good friends because I had to figure this song shit out because, you know, my ambition was just so important and I was so self-important. I regretted being that way, even in relationships. I regretted not walk, going for more walks. Like all I want to do is go for a fucking walk. And when I was able to during chemo, it was like, it's like my dog, you know, and my, which I, who I had to give away cause I was so sick, but you know, you see a dog, that's like the happiest time of their life. You take them for a walk, just go for a walk, get sun on your face. Like I didn't look back and go, dang it. Like all I looked back I thought, I wish I walked more. I wish I laughed more. I wish I spent way more time with my father I wish I spent way more time with my good friends. And I fucking mean that with every cell in my fucking body. And my only thing keeping me going where I'm still fucking fighting because I'm going to get there or die trying is so I could do that shit. Not so I can make another fucking song and be all alone and obsessed with myself. It's so I can do that because that's what I think life is about.
1: So you've, you've heard me talk about, the doing and being parts of of the human experience. Yeah. And we're in reverse order, which is what you're describing, which is most of us have consumed a model which is or digested and swallowed and having a hard time metabolizing this model which is I need to do more.
0: Right. I need to, to be, be more. more.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, so opposite. and then yeah, it's flipping it. And so I need Flip to it. be more and let the doing flow from there whatever that doing is. Yeah. And so th- this is what I hear you talking about. It's what I've learned from people of wisdom is the being is the foundation. Mm-hmm. Now you, you have some say in how you are going to be you, Yeah, y- you have say in that, um, not to be too philosophical here, but we co-create our life, you know? Fair. Yeah. Right. We co-create it. Yeah. And so you can figure out for your model who the co-creation is with.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with mm-hmm. you on. That. Yeah. You so, build it. You, you. That's like you're still an artist. That's what I meant. It's not about the music. Now right. my my painting, my song, the obsession is the is that life. What I where I'm at now, in here, what's 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 giving me any dopamine left? If the if the adrenals aren't fully tanked. Is the visions, right? Like why I would be manic making music? Is I, ha- I have this carrot. Now it's fucking, you know, it's nature, it's the farm, it's it's the wife, it's the possible kid, it's the family, it's the it's the community, it's tribe, it's all the things that actually strengthen us and sustain us. All the other shit is is fleeting,
1: you know. Okay, so we're, we're speaking the same language and I, I have a hard time actually uh, getting to it sometimes. It's not an intellectual exercise. It is actually kind of moving some of the stuff out of the way to get to the truth of it. And, yeah. and it was one of the reasons why we fired up the podcast was to get to this part of the conversation.
2: Right. With hopefully,
1: yeah, but with all humans, you know, it's like, but here's what I found. Uh, I'm sorry, the extraordinaries.
2: Right.
1: And the idea is that, you know, they, they, they're coming back from a mountaintop or they're at the mountaintop or they're close to the mountaintop. And like, what is your psychology about? Like, how are you experiencing life? And I say all that because I am, um, highly sensitive to and nauseated by the performative aspect of life. And you say, wait, Mike, you say you're a high performance psychologist. Like what were you talking about? Um, when something is, pure and true the performative aspect has faded away and it is absolutely a beautiful syncopation and it's the syncopation that i go i'm amazed by and i'm i'm Mm. captivated by and so when somebody and when i do it too like i'm i'm not immune to this what i would say much smaller part of me as a relative to when i was younger which is like i want um I, I want to present favorably and I, I, I gag, I get ga- internally first. When I notice that I'm doing it, I'm gag. I'll start to gag. And then this is a long way of me saying that, um, I would love to watch your days because I know that you are not going to perform. Even if there was five, 10, 15 cameras, I would love to watch the purity of you making micro choices and acting in complete alignment with your quote unquote true self. And so that seems like I'm just getting a sliver of it right now. And it is intoxicating and refreshing and sobering is the word I used earlier. Um, Many of us, I even
0: contemplated changing and this is a silly thing. I'd love to, you know, this is, and it's a silly thing, but it's not a silly thing because this is something humans do, right? Because who the fuck am I? But it's like this do I change my Instagram name? You know, like even something like that. And I want to, but everyone like, oh, you know, it's like this weird, wait, little what is your, what, is, I don't get it. Bump what is for money is my artist. That's my artist. That's my artist name. And not just, you know, for production, for writing. I created this alter ego, Punk the Bunny. By the way, which I don't know if I explained it in the first half, but it was because my vision was an animated character was going to be the front person, and this came from a really my ex's father, who is a pretty famous producer. Um, shout out Tom what Rothrock.
1: What type of producer? Produce, he okay.
0: produced Beck. He produced Foo Five. I mean, he's 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 the real deal. Okay, he did Loser, man. He did that first album. He's he's a genius. Mm. And uh, I hope this stays in, because shout out to him for this. He said to me, you know, ZZ Top was brilliant. Because they started old with the beards. So they could go on forever. And their look was the same. They didn't look like they got old. And that stayed. And he would kind of meant we'd have these little talks and he'd mentor me, he was great. I I didn't get to have a lot of them with him, he traveled a lot, but the few, I, you know, I'm a sponge. And I was like, I know what I'll do. I'm in my thirties, I'm not one of these 17 year old TikTok hip hop kids, but I can make all this dope music. I'm gonna make a bunny animated character. I still wanna do it if some and I, I did it twice with two animators, it's just, you know, if you don't have Pixar money, getting someone to get that really realized in a dope way is hard. It's not easy. But we almost did it while I was sick with COVID. I had two different animators try to do it, but that was my vision. That's what Punk the Bunny is, for anyone who's wondering, was I wanted to be able to forever do this like character, like the Simpsons who never age, so I could just make music forever. That was the reason. Marshmallow. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's a genius to that. So, anyway, digression aside, I I was like, oh, should I change it to just core you, me? And uh, I wanted to put like mastering the art of becoming nobody because that's my goal now. My beautiful vision is to like blend to my entire life was this narcissistic I have to be this to be loved. I have to become this thing. And now I just want to blend in. I just don't want to, I want to like achieve the mastery of being like regular and being completely happy with that. Good luck, humans. That's fucking badass. That's a fucking rock star. Do you know what I mean? And I get Mm. that now. And it makes me want to cry sometimes because I'm hurting. And I can't go do that yet. Most of my day, this is badass. Most of my day, I'm laying on this bed, and I, and I'm just on fire right now. And this is great. And I, do, I'll take uh, two days of bedriddenness after this for this talk. But that's where I'm aiming for—to just realize that, dude, this whole fucking thing around you is a giant, like beautiful playground for you it's meant for you to enjoy i didn't enjoy shit because i was so ambitious it all just goes by you where all you got to do is walk outside and it's all here for you people sun trees fucking i could go you know whatever you know what i mean it's all just here and like yeah anyway i'm I'm going but you get you i know you get what i'm saying i i,
1: I dude i'm so wanting that for you like So
0: all I want, Mike, it's like, that's my goal. Now that's the carrot. Yeah,
1: that's
0: it. So I'm like, Mm. I'd rather use the platform to express this and, and find a way when I get the energy, because I have to wait and heal first. So I can't be like trying to post every day and put pressure on myself, but I wanted to share this. I want this message of, yo, like, it's cool to be regular. It's cool to just be. That's cool. Fuck being lit. Fuck all that shit. You're going to waste so much time because there's an algorithm. You're hedging. You still, you can be the most talented, whatever person in the world. It's like 0.001%. Play better odds. You know where there's better odds? In people, in your family, in your friends. The likelihood of that reciprocity coming back to you when you invest in that is so much higher than becoming a famous musician becoming a famous athlete i'm not saying mm, some people go for it whatever i'm not but i'm just saying like play the odds better and You're there, pur- there's so much more happiness
1: well your purpose is clear yeah yeah your purpose it, is really clear right now
0: the last thing i'll say because i can just I, I have so much to say but the last thing from going through this, you know, it's like so much clarity. I got to say, you know who I envy now, Mike? Mm. I watch these envy. I'm saying that tongue in cheek, but I watch these documentaries and I see guys like, um, David Deffen. And I see guys like, uh, I just went blank interscope, but, uh, I went blank. Chemo Brain. Sorry, man. Super famous. He was this, you know, CEO of Interscope. Um, they did a whole, The Defiant Ones, that documentary on him and Dr. Dre. I'm just blank. Jimmy Iovine. Thank uh, God. Jimmy oh, Iovine. Mean. Fuck Chemo Brain. So, Jimmy Iovine. And you know what these guys did? And a lot of people I'm starting to admire were guys who at a young age were in the vibe, in the scene, and they were smart enough and humble enough or maybe they had just enough, like, I have to survive mentality. Uh, Huberman, that Dr. Huberman, he, his story is very similar. I don't know if you know him or of him. He was around a bunch of skateboarders. His whole, is was in that vibe in that scene. But he had some estrangement with his family, whatever. And he was like, I better go to college and follow this path because I'm more likely to succeed and I can't afford not to. Jimmy Iovine, I'm not going to be a fucking musician. He there the guys I envy now in these stories and maybe that's just right now but and not to become them by the way but the mentality of like hedging your bet better and being more realistic and being cool with that. They ended up being so uber successful freak more than all the artists that they represent. <laughs> By just being actually like more grounded, it ended up taking off anyway. They weren't chasing anything other than like, shit, I gotta like be okay. And it turned into that anyway. I, I don't know if that's gonna come across or translate to people. But my whole life was this whole, like, I gotta be this thing. And meanwhile, that thing doesn't even reward you that much. You're you're isolated and alone because you're on this fucking crazy, impossible journey. And like, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going in circles about the reinforcing, the invest in your friends, real good friends, invest in people, invest in, in your community. So that's the message that I hope this can get in is, is what I've learned from all this shit. Once you're left all alone with yourself, facing death, facing all this shit, I realized none of that meant a fucking thing. Instagram did none of it meant a thing. I missed Jamie. I missed you. I missed the talks. I missed the the laughs. I, I, I wanted more. Anyway, that's the thing. That's what life is. And everyone's lost that. That's dope, man. That will give you so much antidepressant, so much better sleep, so much better than any of this bullshit. You know, and like it's proven even in science that the immune system does better when there's tribe and not in isolation. What's the worst punishment in prison? Isolation. what's
1: What's the worst thing you can do to another
0: human? Ignore them. It's one of the most aggressive things you can do. And meanwhile, myself included, tons of people are weirdly doing that to themselves because they need to be more. Yeah. And they don't.
1: You know? The, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right,
1: Corey. I um, hope
0: that all, like, you can. Nah, man. You're, it's, it's, you're, oh.
1: What a gift, dude. God, and man. so I want to, you know, I want to check back in, um, you know, on the pod. Obviously, we stay in touch, but I want to check back in the pod in a little bit and just allow people to, you know, be part of your adventure here. Uh, yeah. And i just want to encourage right now folks to like i want to speak right to our community for a minute which is i hope that when you listen that you're putting yourself into a position to not only feel what corey's feeling but feel the pain and disconnect you have in your life and um as maybe a a way to make a commitment towards healing is you can do two things the first is to invest in the quality of your life by being more of who you want to be, who you know you are capable of being, which is always available to you in the present moment. However, you need some clarity, and that clarity is to know what are the guiding principles in my life? Corey has spent a long time you know, explaining some very clear guiding principles about relationships, about gratitude, and about being present with wherever he is and with whomever he is with. Yeah. And I think that that's the first place I'd love to just put a really sharp stick <laughs> gently into your back is to say, remember um, this part of you. And the second is to make an investment in Corey's adventure. And I don't say this lightly, um, but I hope that you can be part of it and support him and um there's a gofundme page that the link is going to be available if you you know if you can find the link uh in the show notes and then also you know Corey, will you just share the best place that if people are only audio right now that they could stop right after you say it and go punch over and and you know get the credit card you know connected yeah to it would,
0: it's on gofundme and um gofundme.com slash it's uh cory cooper smith's cancer fund
1: Okay, spell it all out. Corey C O R
0: E Y C O O -O P E R S M I T H S. So Corey Cooper Smith's Cancer Fund. Yeah, and our goal right now, with where we're at, it looks like the doctors are saying it's going to take about six months to a year, if at all, for the nerves take a really long time to heal. I'm suffering from pretty severe peripheral neuropathy and autonomic dysfunction, basically. The chemo just destroyed the nerves everywhere in my body. And my goal is to seek out the top neuro retraining specialists, physical therapy specialists who want to, you know, be part of this journey because I will do whatever it takes to get back to fighting form, so to speak. And I, and it's going to cost money. So we're trying to raise anywhere between another, you know, 20, 30, even $40,000 so that over the next six months to a year, I don't, I can just focus on healing this so I could get to a life of helping and healing others who are going through this. Cause I will, I, that I will 100% do. I will make so much of my life about guiding people who are going through cancer, going through chronic illness and and learning and developing myself, whether it's through psychology resources and or physical therapy resources to be able to coach people and help people through this, because I've been through it and I see how broken the system is. And I know how much fire and how much of a sponge I am of learning and understanding and teaching. So to get me there, I got to get back on my feet and I got to get functioning and it's not going to be an easy task. There's a lot of broken parts and pieces. Um, So that's why we need the help and anyone that can donate help, It's going to go towards that. I will be posting on my Instagram, all my progress. Um, and I'll be updating the GoFundMe with all my progress, every, you know, where every time, every session, every physical therapy session, every, everything. So, um, yeah, so I appreciate that. Anyone that's Mm. helping, I greatly appreciate it.
1: And that's felt, I'll also want to add a third thing. Maybe folks can do is, um, make a difference in your life, maybe add some, uh, support to Corey through the the GoFundMe, and then the third, is to use the power of your own consciousness, uh, the collective consciousness, um, and whether you, whatever your spiritual framework might be, or the idea of focused concentration, to be able to uh, at at mass at scale send you love, send you healing, send you you know the the, the good stuff. And I so those,
0: yeah, yeah. Say it again. I. You know, I I hope it didn't get lost in translation and I don't know if this will make it or not, but it's fine. I just, even if it's a short part, but I, I, I don't not believe in positive energy, positive thinking. I believe it's been proven. I don't need to believe. Again, I think that's the point. Where I'm at now is it's not a belief thing. I like when things are, where mechanisms are proven. We know for sure the immune system, the nervous system, all is regulated by positive versus negative thinking. So yeah, positive energy, good vibes. That stuff's all beautiful. And I don't not believe in that. I just don't woo woo things anymore. And I like when mechanisms, what we're seeing is mechanisms are being uncovered more and more that these things work, but we now know why. And I, li- I like that more. That's all.
1: I like it too. All right, Corey, thank you for your presence. I love your you. articulation. Oh yeah, dude. I love you too, man. I
0: love you. These are the biggest gifts, man. You don't even know. It. Mm. it it's everything. It's everything.
1: Okay, appreciate you. We're following, and uh, I'm so excited
0: way. to see. I'm excited to see how it gets put together. It's a lot.
1: It's a lot. <laughs> you're, it. you're, hey, listen. You're a lot, dude. It's <laughs> so have we, a, we got. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it's so good. All right, love brother. You. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. I love you, man. All right. Thank you so much for diving into another episode of Finding Mastery with us. Our team loves creating this podcast and sharing these conversations with you. We really appreciate you being part of this community. And if you're enjoying the show, the easiest no-cost way to support is to hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're listening. Also, if you haven't already, please consider dropping us a review on Apple or Spotify. We are incredibly grateful for the support and feedback. If you're looking for even more insights, we have a newsletter we send out every Wednesday. Punch over to findingmastery.com/newsletter to sign up. This show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, and we take our recommendations seriously. And the team is very thoughtful about making sure we love and endorse every product you hear on the show. If you want to check out any of our sponsor offers you heard about in this episode, you can find those deals at findingmastery.com/sponsors. And remember. No one does it alone. The door here at Finding Mastery is always open to those looking to explore the edges and the reaches of their potential so that they can help others do the same. So, join our community, share your favorite episode with a friend, and let us know how we can continue to show up for you. Lastly, as a quick reminder, information in this podcast and from any material on the Finding Mastery website and social channels is for information purposes only. If you're looking for meaningful support, which we all need, one of the best things you can do is to talk to a licensed professional. So seek assistance from your healthcare providers. Again, a sincere thank you for listening. Until
2: next episode, be well, think well, and keep exploring.